0: Hello, welcome to the podcast of Startup Recruitment tailors I'm Indra, founder and CEO of JobRly. We are building AI for outbound recruitment. And today my guest is Kunal Gupta, founder at Nova. Kunal, could you please introduce yourself and your company?
1: Hi, Indra. Thank you for having me on. It's nice to be connected again. Nova is a company that I founded 16 years ago um, before before, it was cool to start tech companies out of school, and mm-hmm. it's a B2B advertising software business that's quite mature today uh, with 300 clients in 30 countries and team members all over the world.
0: Great. And how many people are working there?
1: The team is 65 today, and uh, over the years, some moments, it's been larger uh, or smaller, and that's the team size today.
0: So the team, uh, is it based in Canada or it's also spread throughout all the countries where your clients are?
1: Well, in the last couple of years, post pandemic, it's continued to spread more and more. I personally am yeah. living in Portugal now. Okay, uh, you a, moved
0: Yeah, <laughs> the okay.
1: Canadi- company is a Canadian company. That's where I started it uh, with people probably in four or five different cities across the US, uh, probably four countries across Europe uh, and Australia as well.
0: Okay, that's awesome. So I guess you have uh, quite a lot of experience with the uh, recruitment and uh, and managing uh, people you hired and onboarded on your team.
1: Yeah, I was telling somebody the other day, I think I've personally hired 700 people now nice. as, a hiring, as the hiring manager in the last 15, 16 years, uh, plus all the other people that I wasn't directly involved with but responsible mm-hmm. for
0: great great number so is there anything um, important or maybe like um, worth uh, talking about so you could share with the other startup founders and recruiters
1: it's really hard <laughs> it's really really hard <laughs> um, i'm would you like me to talk about you know the what i've learned through through mistakes or what i've learned through successes where do you want me to start
0: uh mistakes uh maybe for, let's start with the mistakes and if you have an example of uh, a case where you hired and uh, you you had to admit that there's no match actually and you you need to separate
1: sure so uh, a case that comes to mind is uh, one from the early stages of the business i was 22 years old uh, business was just getting started our team had um, probably like 15 people at the, at that time, um, a okay. couple million, a nice. couple million in revenue, uh, a product that, that finally was working <laughs> and some traction. Uh, up until that point, I was the only salesperson in the whole company and, uh, brought in a VP of sales mm-hmm. and, uh, the number of mistakes I made with this one individual in this one role, uh, there's many, sorry, I, I I learned a lot of lessons, not just one lesson. I learned a lot of lessons from this one experience. So uh, let me start with how I how I met the candidate. Um, he wasn't a candidate. I, I was at a, a tech entrepreneur dinner. Um, and this is a long time ago now, so those things were rare when they happened. And he was sitting beside me, and he was living in the U.S. I was living in Canada, but he was c- Canadian originally, so we just kind of hit it off uh, at an individual level, at a personal level, and he was sharing me more about his journey, and he's sharing that he uh, really was helping you know companies with sales, and he had worked for a number of big companies that sounded impressive,
0: mm-hmm. on his
1: resume, and uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm looking for a head of sales. Do you want to? come on board. Okay. That was, easy. <laughs> <laughs> that was the extent of it. Um, so that was like, that was one lesson learned is actually interview people, not just, you know, I hired basically based on, on the resume. Number one, based on personality, which in sales, everybody has a good personality in sales. So cause that was my first time hiring in sales. I didn't realize that Uh, it's hard to hire salespeople because they're good at selling themselves.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And I think what really um, is important to mention here is the first impression. Because the first impression actually matters, but it doesn't matter as much as we sometimes uh, might think. And I remember when I was a recruiter, uh, we um, were practicing uh, this thing of like uh, entering the meeting room with a candidate uh having already from the first minutes actually the first impression writing it down and then forgetting about it for the last mm. uh, you know interviewing part uh and just then to compare are the answers you got and how are they matching with the requirements and what was the first impression, right? Because it's, it's only of the factor actually you you should consider. But I, I I can understand you that it's like, especially with salespeople. And if if you want to basically to take uh, your own responsibilities and to find someone, it really matches the first, like, you know, uh, personal bond, and maybe this worked in your case.
1: Yeah, I said yeah, there are three things I learned from that this that this first part of the lesson. One is I looked at only the resume, two, uh you know, looked at yeah, the the first impression um and the, the friendliness and the I'm not even gonna say chemistry, just compatibility. Uh, and the third was nothing to do with the candidate, but more me. And that was like, I need a salesperson. So it's a problem that I need to be fixed and maybe not feeling confident, maybe not feeling patient. Uh, entrepreneurs, especially in the early stage, were yeah. all very impatient yeah. and more, more excited to just check the box than to do it well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, those are kind of the three things I learned at that, uh, that first part of bringing somebody on. Is uh, and now fast forward fifteen years, I obviously do it completely, completely differently. Mm-hmm. But uh,
0: why it was a failure? So uh, maybe sometimes it could work, right? Uh, when did you notice that something is uh, not right or not as you have expected?
1: Yeah. So this is like the failure that kept giving, <laughs> <I> kept giving <laughs> lessons. <laughs> so uh, what I. What I didn't clue into was that my new head of sales wasn't actually making any sales. And I was continuing to be the only salesperson in the company, even though I was paying him and he's U.S.-based and very expensive. And, you know, for everybody, like Canada, U.S. currency at the time wasn't very good. So hiring somebody in the U.S. was really expensive from a Canadian perspective, from a currency perspective. Uh, so the second failure in the same experience was having somebody that wasn't actually making any sales, and I was still the one involved with every single deal. He, he to his credit, he did you know open some doors and do some lead gen um, that I was able to close. But he was a senior guy, like head of sales. Um, uh, but I didn't, I didn't hold him accountable. <laughs> I didn't give him a hard time. I didn't ask any hard questions. I really, basically, I did not manage him, um, and uh, as a result, he's costing you know a, a young, vulnerable business a bunch of money, and uh, not delivering, not delivering the results. I think what was actually worse was that he didn't really understand our business. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this is fifteen years ago, so asynchronous communication, remote culture, Zoom didn't exist. So he's sitting in San Francisco; we're all sitting in Toronto. Uh, so literally a six-hour flight away. And then he started bringing us into potential clients that were not good clients at all and were completely off the mark.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And and the reason I bring that up as a failure is at that early stage, it actually became a big distraction. Mm
0: -hmm. Of Um, course, yeah, I can imagine. But um, why why do you think... um, you were not managing uh, him. Was it because you were afraid uh, to give some criticism or and to demotivate? Uh, what were the reasons why you were like still patiently waiting and still having no result?
1: So I know this is a podcast, so you can't see me smiling, <laughs> Indra, but I the thought did not even cross my mind. Like that's how naive and inexperienced I was okay and i did not i was completely clueless i didn't even see him as distracting and not performing for us i mm-hmm. just was trusting and patient and assumed in a very naive way that uh it's working and the business was doing well but it was because of me on the sales side and the team on the product side mm-hmm. um, so it's kind of like success paints over uh, mistakes so the business was growing revenue was growing. Um, but this role wasn't was not contributing at all.
0: If you're looking for a smart choice to build your team, do it efficiently with JobRelay, our AI for recruitment. We offer two weeks free trial during which our AI will source 50 potential candidates, reach them out, pre-screen, and schedule interviews. Visit JobRelay.com and get started. What is your management style nowadays? Uh, so you learned quite a lot of uh, lessons. I believe you tried uh, m- like different kind of management styles. Uh, which one uh, do you prefer now?
1: So uh, number one is to hire the right people, <laughs> and that's that's absolutely critical. And, and during the hiring process, that involves, you know, obviously properly doing diligence and interviewing and referencing the candidate. But I, I spend a good amount of time now in my hiring process setting expectations, setting expectations in terms of what it's like to work for me as a leader, as, an, as a manager, setting expectations of what's expected of the job and the role, uh, what they're walking into from a culture perspective, even setting expectations of the warts and the challenges and the issues in the business so I, I put everything on the table in the interview process before they sign, before an offer is made to see how do they react and how do they respond mm-hmm. to, to all of it. So that's like my manager like, Number one is is recruit well and en- almost engage people in the business before they even have an offer so they understand extremely well. And for me, it's a way to pick up, do they understand? Because if they can't understand it, in the interview process with me sharing all this information, they're not going to understand it once they start. So mm-hmm. um, Sounds like number one. Number two is, is from a management perspective is being very clear, like where we're headed and why. So vision and strategy. Yeah. And there's, you know, we're in the advertising and marketing space. As you're saying is that people need to hear something six times before they, mm-hmm. before it resonates. And I find um, in management, it's 27 times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, It sounds slightly different every time, but it's ultimately getting to the same message. So being very, very clear as to what's important in the business. So clarity of vision, clarity of strategy, clarity of the why behind it, and making sure there's no doubt whatsoever as to why we exist and how we're approaching the opportunity ahead of us. Um, And then number three, so one is recruit well, number two is communicate well, and then number three Uh, is actually to get out of the way (laughs) because if i've done one and two well then number three from an execution standpoint takes care of itself so i've become less and less hands-on over the years Um, as i've learned how to recruit better and communicate better it involves me actually doing less not more in terms of the execution and giving people the trust to, to step into into the role
0: mm -hmm. What about monitoring the results and giving the feedback
1: then? Yeah, I'm I'm very big on feedback. Very, very big. And that's one of the expectations I share with people when I hire them. Okay. Because I ask them, how do you take feedback? And everybody says, yeah, I take it while I want it. And (laughs) I ask, ask, okay, give me an example in your professional or personal life where you've received feedback in the last week. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then I see how long does it take them to come up with something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it almost gets a bit into therapy. It's like, and then I ask them, like, how did you feel receiving that feedback?
0: Yeah. <laughs> did
1: you? How did you respond? Were you defensive? Were you open? Were you appreciative? And uh, a friend told me th- this to me once, and I really, it stuck with me, that feedback is a gift. It's a gift mm-hmm. to give, it's a gift to receive. Um, and we have different processes uh, inside the company to um make giving and receiving feedback more um, systematic and regular and consistent, but -hmm. still fun and interesting in a way that hopefully is vulnerable. Uh, So I gave a lot of feedback and I also asked for a lot of feedback. Um,
0: Mm -hmm. And When uh, you say uh, to give a feedback in a fun way, and especially if it's a negative one, uh, what do you mean? Could you give an example?
1: Yeah, so there are times when it's like, the feedback was so obvious to me. Like they made a presentation that was terrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they built a product that, like, there was a clearly a, a big bug. So I asked them an almost a bit a leading question, like, "Hey, how how do you think that went?" Mm-hmm. Almost with a bit of a smile on my face. Nine times out of ten, they'll just come clean and they'll be like, that was terrible. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm like, you're right, it was terrible. And we laugh about it. (laughs) And we acknowledge what's like, we acknowledge the elephant in the room. uh, And that's about creating the space that people feel safe to like, it's so obvious, let's just acknowledge it out loud. Versus dancing around or tiptoeing around and not actually... Uh, Being clear and 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 open. Mm
0: -hmm. Did you have a situation that the person uh, did not understood from the first or even later stage that uh, it's it's not a good result and uh, basically didn't accept your feedback?
1: Not on the obvious things, but the more subtle things, yes. And what I've learned from that is it's an expectation um, misalignment. So definitely have had many many cases where. We we share like hey how did this went it went well I don't think it actually went that well and here's why and like oh I don't agree or here's what I was here's why I what I thought was expected Um, and in those cases what I will do when I remember and hopefully it's more often than not is take responsibility and say I take responsibility I did not clearly communicate the expectations that I had Mm -hmm. uh, on this specific project and I will commit. To in the future, making more effort to make the expectations clear. And I will ask of you that if there's any doubt that you have about what the expectations are, that you take responsibility to ask for clarification. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's gone over well. That goes over well.
0: Um, okay, I'm yeah, take I take responsibility. If you do it in a polite way and uh, also taking the responsibility for maybe miscommunicating uh, your expectations. So, of course, I think it's really a matter how you present this feedback, not whether it's good or, or negative. And, yeah, I'm, I'm a fan of the feedback. It's uh, it's so important. I believe that only uh, getting feedback we can learn and grow. Otherwise, how do we know where we could improve, right?
1: yeah completely completely
0: and in your case um so with the first vp of sales you hired so uh, how long did it take for you Uh, for how long were you patient and uh, when did you decide that it's really not working
1: so here's kind of the third part of that lesson so the first Mm -hmm. part was hiring off a dinner conversation the second part was being naive and oblivious to the lack of sales and performance mm-hmm. and then the third part was uh we brought uh we did a series a raised six million um this is a long time ago and uh went through obviously the diligence process had lots of vcs and term sheets um, so a lot of people were looking at the business that wasn't just one investor mm-hmm. um, so we went through diligence with a lot of people. So a lot of people met this VP of sales. <laughs> um, okay. And then after we closed uh, with the lead investor, um, we closed literally the first meeting I had with them. We are like high-fived and like excited to work with each other. And they're like, you need to get rid of your head of sales.
0: Okay. Wow. <laughs> and
1: I was like, really? Why? They're like, we weren't going to say this to you during diligence, but it's obvious to us that he's, that you can do better. Okay. um than what you have and i was like tell me more and they're like he doesn't have a pipeline and i'm like what's a pipeline <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and they just like showed me like their diligence and that they opened my eyes to like oh this is what a vp of sales is supposed to do and what you can expect of them yeah. and i was like okay it's just that one conversation i was like okay we're gonna we're gonna fire him so um the next day uh, again he's in San Francisco I'm in Toronto I call him and i I let him go
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um and then uh, he was disappointed had a he, he wasn't mean but he just kind of actually was very quiet and it was suspicious because you know salespeople are very talkative
0: mm-hmm. he, was, he,
1: was, he was very quiet mm-hmm. and then three days later I get a lawyer uh, a letter from a lawyer saying he's suing us oh wow for I think it was, I'm going to say, 50000 USD, which at the time was a lot of money, um, and it was a lot of money for us. And in the U.S., uh, still to this day, uh, there's a lot of contingency-based lawyers where for executive roles, they'll say, hey, you got fired, let's go sue your former employer, and you don't have to pay us as a legal firm unless we're successful in helping you win. And the thing is with like a $50,000 suit is that it's cheaper to settle than to fight it in court.
0: Yes, of course.
1: Uh, so it's like very—it's a very strategic number <laughs> um, in that it's big enough to be meaningful for the individual, but it's small enough that um, it's lower than the, the legal cost. There's absolutely no basis for for the claim. I don't even remember what was in the claim. Um, but I was like, wow, like I, I, I didn't hire well, I didn't manage well, and I didn't even fire well. <laughs> like the entire process <laughs> so uh, needless to say I mean I've, I've hired hundreds and you know probably fired f- hundreds as well over the 15 years and it's never happened again so that 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 experience felt costly at the time but actually looking back was not because I've, I've, I've learned so much from it and I was able to apply those learnings over 15 years of a career as a CEO and lots of hiring and managing and firing as well.
0: Yeah, I actually had a similar situation, and I remember the feeling that first of all, it was a shock because, uh, like, uh, it was mutual agreement. Uh, you imagine, and finally, you get a lawsuit, and it's very uh, important to deal with your ego because if you would like to prove your right, uh, it can cost even more. Uh, in in the like in comparison to settle so it's very important i think to be very pragmatic uh, and and just of course to be disappointed but not to try to prove something because it's uh, if the person did that so they are already against you and will try to seek you know and and make uh, and take even more energy from you as it was
1: yeah yeah completely um there is i mean in in so many things with managing people or being a founder or entrepreneur, there's there is a big ego element involved. I mean, an entrepreneur is trying to prove themselves. Literally, that's the definition of a startup. We have an idea mm-hmm. and we're trying to prove that it is valuable. And that mindset of proving oneself is, um, it proliferates in every part of the business. So it's like, I made this hire and then I want to prove that I made the exactly. right hire, even if they're not the right hire, or like I built this yeah. product or I got this deal or whatever it is. Uh, so the more and more, with more age and experience, uh, I've had much more humility to openly talk about all of the failures. Uh, case in point today, um, and that's, that 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 humility to accept when I was wrong and the assumptions I made have changed is kind of the secret of, of, of my entrepreneurial success. The ability to adapt, exactly just to let go of what I thought was true and accept what is now true.
0: Exactly to be very agile and exactly to adapt, uh, as you say, to every situation and not to prove <laughs> at, at everyone, right? Because what is very important is also to fail fast. If you are prolonging it, uh, it every day it costs more and more. And uh, so, Kunal, uh, what to to conclude? What would be um, one thing if a startup founder comes to you and asks, like, for one? Um, main most important advice uh, what it would what it would be like what how would you advise a person who just started uh, building their team
1: i'm going to share two pieces of advice so one is for the business and the second is for talent so on the business this point that we just made it's like being adaptable Mm -hmm. and being able to recognize the signals and the information from mainly the market of whether you're do- what you're doing is working or not working, and be willing to adapt. That's that's the that's the secret of, of of my success for sure. And then as it relates to to building a team and hiring and managing and firing, uh, trusting trusting your gut. And I know it's cliche, and I know you've heard it before, uh, but in the first you know few minutes of meeting someone, you develop a first impression, and then as you spend more time, that either impression gets validated or invalidated yeah and to, 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 to really trust how you're feeling about people and let that let that be a, a big piece of information that you consider when you make decisions
0: great great thank you so much Kunal for your time and sharing your learning and thank you to all the listeners if you like this please leave your review on spotify and for more podcasts please visit jumpolive.com